You're listening to episode 44 of Burning Brightly, Prioritizing Family. This is Burning Brightly, a podcast for Christian moms who are feeling called to build a business and share their light with the world. I'm Bonnie Wiscom, a life coach, mom, and entrepreneur, and I'm honored to be your guide as you face this business building adventure full of highs, lows, and everything in between. This is where we help each other find the courage to shine. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to Burning Brightly. Isn't being a part of a family a pretty incredible thing? I think it's amazing that we were designed to come in these little microscopic communities and learn from each other and grow and love and fight and forgive and have a chance to do all of these things that we're meant to learn how to do on earth in our families. There are no people on earth that we love more than our families or that we're more loyal to than our families. And sometimes, sadly, family members cause more suffering in our lives than anything else. But it's designed to be this way. It's supposed to be this way. A woman named Tamara Runya, who's a leader in my faith, recently said, families are a God-given laboratory where we're figuring things out. And I thought that was such a beautiful perspective that a family is like a laboratory. And like in a laboratory, sometimes things go as planned. Sometimes the results we get are magical. Think about when you first looked at your newborn baby's face. Think about getting married to your spouse. Think about the laughs and snuggles you've had with your family members. But sometimes the results are not so magical. Sometimes the results even explode and hurt people. Think about divorce, a death, betrayal, these experiences that rip our hearts out because they happen to us from some of the people that we love the most. But this is the way it's meant to be. In fact, isn't that what life on earth is supposed to look like overall? Like a laboratory where we're testing things out, we're evaluating the results, and we're shifting and transitioning as needed. Now, we as women have a very unique and really special role in our families. In my previous podcast, Outnumbered, Audrey and I talked about this in an episode we entitled Raising Children in a Post-Roe v. Wade World. It was an episode that we had talked about and planned for and researched forever. We really wanted to talk about abortion and our sacred role as women in bringing children to this earth. And in that episode, we talked about how we women are the gatekeepers of life. And I just love that term. I think of someone who keeps a gate as being very honorable, very courageous, very watchful, very much in tune with what the person in charge wants, right? That being God. What does God want for these lives that we're bringing to earth? We get to determine when and where new life comes to this earth. And it's our primary responsibility to grow and nurture those beautiful children, at least for the first few years of life. We even get to do it inside our bodies. Being pregnant and nursing a baby, some of the most beautiful experiences ever. They're very, very special, very, very important. And sometimes this privilege is a very heavy privilege, especially when it comes with loss and heartache. But being gatekeepers looks like a lot of different responsibilities. The first one I think about is being really devout in the care of our own bodies and minds, making really informed and sacred decisions about conception, about pregnancy, about birth, and partnering with God in these decisions and in other ones that follow, like raising our children, disciplining them, educating them, guiding them in so many different challenges that they will experience. All humans have a divine inheritance as creators. I firmly believe that. 
if we are children of the creator of the universe, then we ourselves are creators as well. It's impossible to not be. And I believe that women especially are divine creators because we have this special majority role of creating the humans. And we get this privilege of creating homes, creating food, creating a beautiful atmosphere, and so much more that goes into daily family life. Now, some people can complain about this, that the majority of the housekeeping and family rearing falls to women, but I think it's divinely designed that way. As I have learned more and more about coaching, I understand now how and why a mother's mental and emotional health is so vital for the success of her family. It's predominantly because the children follow the mother's lead, whether she's angry or at peace or sad or happy, frustrated or mild-mannered. You know that whatever your attitude is, your children very likely will follow suit. And admittedly, this sounds like a lot of pressure. I get it. I don't want to wake up every day thinking that my entire household's attitude is dependent on my own. So instead, I choose to make it just a powerful incentive for me to keep trying and learning what I need to do to improve myself emotionally and how to better take care of myself so that I'm in a good place for my children and husband. Now, today I'm going to talk about two main areas where we can make our family a top priority. I believe that after our relationship with God and our relationship with ourselves, like I mentioned a couple episodes ago, that our family is a top priority. And when building a business, this is something we have to keep looking at over and over and over. So the two areas we're going to talk about are number one, when to reprioritize your family if things have gotten out of whack. And number two, how to teach our own children to burn brightly, just like we're learning to do. So first off, reprioritizing family. On this show, I talk a lot about making sure that you are working towards your dreams. Being a stay-at-home mom is a beautiful, wonderful thing. But for many of us, we have felt called to something a little bit more outside of our home. And yet... Sometimes our families need more than usual. Sometimes, I know you probably know what this feels like, you will feel that tiny nudge to pull back and stay home a little bit more. Sometimes building this business as a mom requires some gut checks. And this is a very, very personal thing and a very fine line. There are weeks when my kids get really whiny and obnoxious, but I know that prioritizing my business is the more important thing. There are other times, and not even necessarily something I can put my finger on, but I just know deep down that my kids need more of me. So that week, my business will suffer a little bit as I reconnect and be more present with my family than I usually am. So you've probably felt this as well. You've probably been able to tell when your little ones need a little bit more of you or when someone is suffering in some way or when the whininess is just par for the course and it's time to continue working towards your own dreams. So how do we know when we should do one or the other? Well, the best way I know how to learn when it's time to circle the wagons and kind of reevaluate that work-family balance is by staying in connection with God. If I am feeling off kilter, then I will try to carve out more quiet time in my day. I try to pray more. I try to attend the temple. So in our faith, that's a, a quiet place of worship that we can attend as often as we need to. I dive into scriptures and other inspired texts, and then I look for the answers to come. And God is the only one that I will personally take advice from when I am seeking how to achieve that balance. Nobody else can tell me. They can give me their advice. They can give me their experience. They can suggest things to me. But God is the only one who I'm going to take that advice from because he's the only one that knows everything that's going on in my family. Ask him, see what he says, make adjustments as necessary. Now, other times it is a little bit more obvious when our family needs us more. 
For example, I will have a child who's maybe obviously struggling with something, some anxiety or stress about something in their life. Maybe it's an emotional challenge. Maybe it's a mental challenge. Maybe there's more fighting between some kids or some disconnect there. I'm not feeling like I'm expressing a lot of love or connection with my child. And sometimes I can honor this need for more of me and still work on my business. I'll give you a quick example. A few weeks ago, I had one child in particular who was causing so many fights every time I went in my office or left the house. This child was at the center of all the conflicts. So I decided to take this one with me to the library when I went to work. So I put myself in a study cubicle and worked my business for a couple of hours. And this child sat and read a book for a couple of hours. And it was the quiet time that this kid needed and a separation from the siblings. And it connected us more as well. Other times, we simply just have to shut the computer off and be present. And I know how hard this can be. As much as I love my children, I had all of them on purpose. I love my large family. So much about it is so fulfilling. I want to give them my time and attention. It's so important to me. However, breaking up fights and making dinner is about 1,000 times less fulfilling and exciting than working on my business and coaching clients. Those require very different parts of my brain and heart. And when I want to work on my business, it's maddening to have to shut it down and go be with a kid who's causing problems. I get it. I get it. That's human nature. It's totally normal. But think of what we're learning and what we're showing our children when we prioritize them. It's supposed to be hard. Raising a family is hard in so many ways that we don't always recognize. Like our, our laboratory experiments are things like, hmm, what will I do when my three-year-old hits my new baby in the face with a metal toy? How am I going to react? Or what happens when I've asked my children to do their chores four times and everyone is still ignoring me? What comes next? A family requires hard emotional work and comes with very little obvious pay. It does come with the pay, I will argue, but it is very often not super obvious. Choosing to make your family a priority over your business, where people constantly tell you how great you are and they pay you actual real money, will likely always be harder. So when it feels hard, when it feels like you don't wanna do it, that's okay, it's supposed to be that way. A great way to ensure that I am paying attention to my family's needs is to schedule regular check-ins. Maybe a weekly check-in with God, your own gut check, check-in with your spouse, check-in with your kids. You can do this literally. Sit down with your spouse and say, hey, how do you see my work balance going right now? Do you see me present enough? Can I shift things? What do things look like from your side of things? Or you can just watch. Sometimes I notice family members will get short with me because they're not getting enough of my attention. And I don't need to ask them any questions to figure that out. I can just watch. So you can ask for feedback from God, from your family members, but also ask for patience from them. Because being a working mom is messy. It's chaotic. And it is a constant balancing act. I know some people don't like the term balance because it never truly exists. I think you're kind of swinging back and forth on a pendulum. But it requires constant motion and it requires patience for yourself and from other people. So ask for it. Okay, so those are a few tips for prioritizing or reprioritizing our family when things feel out of whack. Number two, in addition to occasionally circling those wagons and reprioritizing the family, I believe as business owners, it's our obligation to teach our children how to burn brighter, how to be a force for good in the world and an example of Christ, which is what we're all trying to do. First answer is just be the example. I love talking to my kids about business and even little ones understand a lot. I currently have a son who is a missionary 
And I find parallels all the time between his missionary work and my business, especially in marketing. We talk about cold contacting and how to get somebody interested in your message. I often share the hard work that I'm learning in my business, lessons about human behavior, about my own beliefs and mental struggles. I teach them about coaching all the time. Sometimes they hate it. (laughs) Just say, I don't want to hear that, mom. I'm just angry right now. I teach them about making goals and accomplishing them. I have my goals up on a big poster on my wall so they come in and see it. I have vision boards they can see and they ask me when we're going on the vacation that I'm earning money for. As I learn and grow as an entrepreneur, my kids also learn and grow from me. And this is such an incredible legacy. Even if our businesses never become six or seven figure big corporations, we can make generational changes through teaching our children the lessons we're learning in business. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Another powerful example I have taught my kids is the importance of getting out of their comfort zone, becoming the kind of people who know how to talk to others, how to strike up conversation, how to find common beliefs, how to show love. How many kids or adults can do that? How many people get the opportunity to do it regularly? Once your kids learn that, they're just a short step away from teaching people about Jesus and showing them how his influence can change their life. And I think that's one of the most important things. So in other words, when we get online and share the things that we are passionate about with the world, our kids get to learn to do the same. Not necessarily online, but just with friends or strangers, they get comfortable doing uncomfortable things. And this is an important point. Don't forget to share your reasoning with them. I make sure my kids know that I am not on Instagram so that everybody comes and tells me how beautiful and wonderful I am. I'm not on it for my own glory or to become popular for my own sake. I tell them that my reasoning is to share God's love with the world. I want to allow people to feel his love for them, feel hope for their own lives, and spread that love themselves. So give them a bigger why. Tell them what you're doing on the internet. Now, as a member of my church, we get lots of chances to speak in front of groups, teaching classes, or sometimes the entire congregation. And my kids really benefit from this. I'm always really impressed when young kids get up in front of the entire congregation and share their thoughts and feelings. I think it's beautiful. But sometimes we take it for granted. Sometimes we forget what amazing skills we are developing as entrepreneurs. I personally think nothing of sharing presentations in person or online or trainings in front of dozens of people. I also share videos online that hundreds and sometimes thousands of people watch. I know how to start up a conversation with just about anyone and find something in common to talk about. And I will admit, this was not always a strength for me. It is still sometimes a struggle. Sometimes I look at strangers and think, I don't really want to start a conversation right now. I really just want to hide here in the corner and maybe read my book or scroll on my phone. But it has become a strength because I keep doing it. So building a business stretches us, grows us in ways that benefit not only us, but the world and our kids if we let it and we share it with them. So the next time you make a video online or write an email, invite one of your children in with you and say, this is what I'm doing. I learned this lesson this week and I'm going to share it with my email list. The point of this is to maybe uplift them and give them some courage to do their own thing. I hope that maybe someone will pay me for my content or services. This is a way that I'm trying to make money and make an impact. It's pretty fun. Now, here's a final reminder to not forget about your wonderful spouse. (laughs) Being the wife or husband of an entrepreneur is not easy. (laughs) One of my favorite authors is John Acuff. He recently talked about how in every marriage there is a wow person and a how person. The wow person is the dreamer that just runs off with every new idea they have. And the how person immediately goes, yeah, but how's that going to (laughs) happen? 
probably comes as no surprise to you that I am the wow person. I come up with a new idea every five seconds and my husband's sitting there with whiplash going, uh, how are we going to make all these happen? And I just remind him, oh, no, we don't have to make them all happen. I'm just going to spout out all my dreams to you and you get to just listen to them. (laughs) So I regularly pay attention to my own well-being and that of my kids. But sometimes, since my husband is an adult, I forget to check in with him and see how he's doing. I forget to ask him, am I working too much? Am I driving you crazy? This is especially difficult if you have a spouse who's on the quieter side than you. I sometimes am guilty of running my mouth and saying everything that comes in my mind and stopping and listening for my loved ones to give me feedback is very important. I firmly believe that our spouses love us and want to support us, but they also need support in a listening ear. And just because they're not building a business or maybe they're building a business that's not as interesting to you doesn't mean that we shouldn't stop and give them some time. And some of our spouses are not nearly as good as we are at taking care of themselves. So be mindful of that. My friend, we can fit building a business into our busy lives as wives and moms. I firmly believe that. But we have to be flexible and willing to shift as needed to accommodate what our kids, our spouse, other family members need. And as an added benefit, we get to change the world and our families for the better along the way. It's so fun. Okay, friends, we'll talk next week. Are you ready to get started on your dream business? Join Finding Your Side Hustle, my digital course that will guide you through discovering what it is you love and how to turn it into a family-friendly business. Are you ready for one-on-one support as a mom or entrepreneur? Schedule a free coaching call with me to work on the goals you have for your life, including business success, weight loss, or better relationships. I can't wait to help you make progress on your dreams.